Welcome to the Skeptic Wire. Seventeenth, two 2011. This is episode 19 of the Skeptic Wire podcast. Hey! Recording from the Go Recording Studios in San Antonio, Texas, I'm David Harcourt, joined by Gary Lawn. Nom. Greg Perrine. You will become one with the Gerg. And Donna Swafford. Film at 11. When do you all come up with these little sayings? I, I, Just now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Is it spontaneous? Yeah. Or do you plan this Sometimes stuff? I plan them ahead. Sometimes I realize driving over here I didn't plan anything. And I'm glad yeah. I have not that worry. I don't, I don't want to put, put that much work into being a smartass. Yeah, we can tell. Um, <laughs> I love you too, David. Because <laughs> it doesn't take all that much, really. <laughs> It's okay. natural. I was born genetically with the smart-ass gene. That's right. That wouldn't be a silver spoon. That'd be sort of a, a rusty sh- a trombone. shiv of some sort. Okay, we're going to start the show. Rusty trombone. <laughs> okay. Well, he was a music major. Really? We're going to start so the show that, okay. with an update from a story we covered a while back. A little um, while ago. Something that's been making its way through the courts. Um, and this is the Arkansas uh, Atheist Buses. Gary? The Atheist Bus Campaign. Yes. So. Uh, the, I'm sorry. They're not Atheist Buses. <laughs> I, I, I think they are, actually. They probably don't really believe According to I, the Christians, they probably are. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that they're a card-carrying member of the Southern Baptist Convention. So, I mean. I think we can safely say they don't believe in God. The buses? You're the absolutely buses correct. Themselves. The buses themselves are probably agnostic I'm about I'm a little worried thing. about the carburetors, but, you know. Uh, exactly. <laughs> So, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, the uh, Coalition of Reason was going to post signs on the buses, and as we discussed before, and they ran into a snag in that the Transit Authority wanted to uh, wanted a down payment of thirty-six thousand uh, no. dollars to initially. to run the ads initially to basically then, reward vandals for yeah. tearing up atheist buff ads. A damaged buses. Right, right. Yeah. but then they raised it to three million dollars. Don't forget that a bond, right? Yes. Yeah. Good great. Oh yeah. The group then changed that to a three million insurance policy. Funny how the Christians don't have to worry about angry atheists. Weird. Anyway, so the judge, Susan Weber Wright, has ruled that they do have to carry the ads on the eighteen buses and the uh, Coalition of Reason only has to put a fifteen thousand dollar bond. So that's nice. Which so as of today the Coalition of Reason stated that they will pay the fifteen thousand dollars. They are assuming no vandalism will happen because the ads have run in, in several areas, not local to but several areas, and oh, I think only four buses have ever been vandalized. There have been right. a couple of billboards that have been kind of vandalized or protested, but there hasn't been a lot. In in addition, they had done some activism in Arkansas in that city with some other things that it no problems with. There was a Christian, uh, a Christmas display where they had, they did a tree of reason or something like that. Uh, It says, uh, erected a winter solstice display on the grounds of the Capitol near a nativity center. So, so the buses, if you didn't listen to the earlier podcast, we covered this. Um, Christians don't have to, no one else had to have this damage deposit. 
but because they were afraid of vandalism, they asked for $38,000. There's a, there's a um, advertising agency involved and also the transit authority that were sued. And basically they're saying you cannot charge excessive fees because it is unpopular speech. True. Right? And that's right. good. I've, I've heard there's some other weird speech going on, like uh, Christian there's blogs a, there's or a, There's like a, a, a backlash by the Christian community. And I find kind of it, – it's pretty humorous because there's a guy named Bill Wheeler. Who, <laughs> oh, that's not, not the, the guy's name. No, no. Okay. Who, the article I read in ChristianPost.com – um, he's supposedly a Christian leader in Little Rock, but if you read the comments, there's a whole bunch of people going, who, who is Bill Wheeler? I've <laughs> 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 been a lifelong resident. I don't know who he yeah, is. Like that Catholic coalition guy, guy who's just a so, fax in a basement. So we right. can probably, even though the article says he's a leader, we can probably just say this is yeah, he's some probably he's random extremist that they dug up. Fax in a basement. Yeah. Well, so we're not using him as the voice of Christians at, in Arkansas. Right, but no, he, we'll he wants to... No, leave that to the commenters. He wants to pick it. He's going to, any bus, which amuses me that they're going to picket the buses. <laughs> I was going to go right, right, right next to it. <laughs> you know. Well, it could be like the guy up in the... Oh, you Christian Nazi's bush campaign. Wait a minute. Look at my side. Wait a minute. Buses move? Yeah. It goes in the next block and they're all running with their signs. That's he could so be confused. He may have gone to like the ARC display and thinks it's everything stationary. Well, well maybe it's he heard probably a... a case of like the guy in Dallas who followed the atheist bus ah, around right. with his little but it was sign. A, it was a to, mobile billboard. Yes. It wasn't guys picketing with, yeah. So so they're, they're going to run uh, a reverse campaign, campaign with, there, there is a God, believe, don't worry, and enjoy your life. Now, that's the Russian Orthodox Church. That's the Church. Russian Orthodox, which that's is funny because religion. you should worry if there's a God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, you know, from what the God in the Bible says, you might want to worry a little bit. Yeah. And then the Trinitarian Bible Society is going to put the the fool half said in his heart, there is no God. Now that's from offensive. Yeah, if you start trying to offend anybody. It's offensive to fools. Fools, fools tell the truth. <laughs> Capital F, fools. Now, I like what so. Bill Wheeler said. Um, uh, asked about whether this is a free speech, you know, whether they have the freedom of speech to do this. These ads have nothing to do with free speech. It has to do with corruption and pure Evil. Evil. We will stand tall for our Lord and fight against this decision. But again, we're not using him as an example of Christians in Arkansas. He's probably lunatic. But it is an example of a lot of the speech that happens around these really – I mean, I know American atheists can have some really kind of in-your-face, fuck-you billboards, and FFRF does that sometimes too. But this coalition of reason billboards, they're very fluffy and gentle, yeah. in addition to having clouds on them. This one was, you can be good without God, right? Yeah. And are it, you good without? Millions are. Yeah, it, okay. it goes with my saying that, you know, atheists are considered radical for having books, <laughs> blogs, and billboards. Yeah. Where we don't have Ooh. bombs, we don't have bonfires of books, you know, we don't, you know, We're have Bibles. Really hateful. To, yeah. It, it might be a good we time don't. to contribute to the Coalition of Risen because they need $15,000 to... Uh, <laughs> Wait, but you know, you know who the real winners of this are? The, the advertising company. <laughs> <laughs> they well, are making out because they didn't have these uh, three or four other campaigns going against this one, so they're 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 booked oh, yeah. up. This yeah, is great. You're right. It is just the fifteen thousand dollars is just a deposit. Just a threat. So if it can't be proved that it was okay. like vandalism yeah. because it was atheism, or if there is no vandalism, the coalition reason does yeah, get right. that money back. 
Yeah, they'd have Let's lost they the money entirely. Here's my question. If somebody were to spray paint like a Star David on it, would they get the money back because it would be by angry Jews, not by angry Christians? Because we know about those angry Jews yep. in the United States. It's not much of a problem if they don't damage the bus itself. It would suck to have the billboard scratched up, but it's not a damage to city property. Yeah. And yeah. that's really what it's supposed to be yeah. about. It was fun. Gary and I both read the court documents on this when <laughs> this first came out. It was hilarious. Yeah. Because these people in the advertising agency were just, they didn't know what to do. They were just frustrated. <laughs> it, this whole agency is like three people. And, and um, like, well, they were caught in the middle. They had no idea what to do. They were freaking out. And the lawyer, their lawyer was just this bombastic, funny guy. I mean, he, had, he was on the wrong side, but he, I really admired him. It was really funny. Um, <laughs> So the court documents are just a blast in this case. But it's over, sounds like. And we're going to have atheist bus ads in Arkansas. Little Rock, Arkansas. And free speech has won in this case. Congratulations to the United Coalition of Reason. Congratulations to Arkansas Atheists. Way to go. Now, it was was supposed to be timed with a certain event. They've missed that event, so they're just going to... Supposedly, they're going to do it on uh, routes that go by colleges and stuff. They're trying to get people, you know, college kids. Hey, getting the word out. Praying on the youth. Getting the word out is always good. <laughs> so um, we, have, we have some really, really amazing health news this week. There's been a lot of great health stories this week. I've been feeling pretty good myself. Okay. Having to talk about Perry, Rick Perry's and his response for 45 minutes last week, <laughs> it's nice to have, you know, nice, I mean, I'm Positive. sure we'll, yeah, I'm sure we'll mention Rick Perry at yeah. some time during this podcast. Well, Perry, 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 Rick Perry. Perry. Oh, okay. But uh, we've got some very, he, very, oh, go ahead. He, he, speak about Perry and health. He did do something good. Yes, he That's did. That's true. Go ahead. Uh, I don't know what he did. He, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let me interrupt you then, Gary. Um, this year, the Texas legislature approved, and Perry signed it into law, requiring the meningococcal, vi- or meningococcal vaccination for all college students. Wasn't there a dog Which I knew that. I just couldn't say decision? meningococcal. I'm, I'm sorry. It, it was because of a cute dog, right? What? No. <laughs> you're, you're, oh, you're conflating. No. You're conf- you're conflating David's so. seeing into the future, <laughs> an hour into the future, and one of the lightning rod topics. It was a puppy dog, right? Ooh. Convinced him. No, it was a young uh, lady. Young lady, puppy dog, you know, kind of. If um, you squint, they're kind no, of No, there same. was a lady. There was a young right. lady. The Jamie, Sh- is known as the Jamie Schonenbaum Act of 2009. It's basically a continuation of that, which required dorm students to be vaccinated. Now all That's college, a good idea. Now all college <laughs> students are required to be vaccinated, although yeah. they do have the traditional medical or religious reasons options to right. not take it but he was met with some opposition from republican leaders in our legislature shock of course mr simpson and I'm, I'm not sure where oh. he is from <laughs> springfield representative the honorable representative mr. yeah and 17 other house members did oppose the bill i'm for freedom i'm not for the government dictating to us what we must do with our bodies yeah as the only female here in this room, I would like to say, <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> because, well, he can tell me what to do with my body if I have an unwanted pregnancy. There but, have been some lawsuits against the invasive right. anti-abortion stuff. And we will cover that, I'm sure, later. Oh, but God. I just, my, my irony meter <laughs> pegged out on that statement. <laughs> but as much as we will crap on rick perry he did sign this he did he was a proponent of it and that's a good thing right 
And just to let you know, Mr. Simpson is from Longview. So Thanks. all you Longview listeners, all point zero one of you, go ahead and write him a, a, a stern missive. I want to be optimistic and say point zero two. Oh, and, all right. And this young lady 100%. who the bill is named after lost both of her legs, correct? And several fingers as well. She could have That's gone blind. She could disease. have gone deaf. But she's also now training to be a para-athlete. Good on her. And then yeah. another, so that's good health news. We're going to have uh, hopefully our college students protected yep. against against that. We have some breakthrough medical news, hopefully, on leukemia. Who wants to talk about that, Craig? Absolutely amazing. At the University, the University of Pennsylvania researchers, it was a very small study, but with this kind of thing, you can only have a small study. They had three leukemia patients that basically had tried every other possibility, chemo, radiation, everything. And they found that the researchers had developed this new way of introducing a, basically a harmless version of the HIV virus to introduce new genes to white blood cells, uh, uh, human white blood cells. And, you know, inject those white blood cells or inject the virus into humans to basically get the human immunoresponse put into overdrive, trying to kill cancer cells. That must have been a heck of a conversation. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna <laughs> inject you, you with AIDS. AIDS. It's okay. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's benign HIV. But yeah. yeah, these basically these modified uh, white blood cells had triggers on them to fight and kill cancer cells, and they just multiplied and. And, you know, in Petri dish tests, the, the white blood cells had died really quickly, but they found a way to get them to uh, reproduce a lot. Right. And, and two of the three people are now leukemia-free. One of them, the third one, Yay. is much improved. Yeah, it's, uh, right. uh, down to 30%, right? Or 70% cured. Or Something like, like that. that. It's, it's absolutely amazing yeah. research. And this is the kind of science that just gives me a happy. So the hurdle they had to... to to overcome is that before you could change the white blood cells, but they would go kill a cancer cell and die. Right. Right. And in this case, they extracted the white blood cells. They gave them some new DNA. They used the HIV virus to do that, but it allowed the white blood cells to multiply and multiply and multiply in the body and not just die when it hit a cancer cell. Exactly. So your so it just kept killing it and kept killing it and killing it. And that's great. You know, so this, it, this it, study had some trouble getting funding. But now that they've had the success, then they expect to get a lot of funding, and not only in this type of cancer, but other types of cancer as well. So it could conceivably be that, I mean, the, when people talk in the news about, why don't we have a cure for cancer? Well, it's because we have lots of different cancers, but at least this technique would be a great step forward to it, finding a way to cure a lot of cancers, of finding a way, if different cancer um, cells have different markers that you can basically find that one protein to get the body to act with. As long as you have this technology down, we could, in our lifetime, see cancer be as silly a thing to have as, say, asthma. That'd be cool. Yeah. Nice inhaler for cancer. And we've also <laughs> heard something in the news about, I blanched when I first heard this, all viruses right. possibly getting cured. It's a broad-spectrum therapy for multiple viruses. Its um, moniker is called DRACO, which stands for Double-Stranded RNA-Activated Caspase Oligomizer. And 
You said that well. I think that's a mouthful. No, wait. Alligamorizer. Alligamorizer. You left out a few letters. (laughs) (laughs) But you're forgetting the... Inside joke. You're walking all over the headline. The thing is named Draco. Draco. Like Draco Malfoy. It's evil. Isn't it? No, not really. Oh, good. Oh. Well, um, okay, but spoiler alert, by the end of the books, Malfoy's not too bad of a guy, so... There yeah. Draco's basically <laughs> selectively <laughs> induced self-suicide in cells containing any of the viral, double-stranded RNA, rapidly killing infected cells without harming uninfected cells. Wait, it caused self-suicide? Yep. Oh, man, this is going to be completely against the... The Christians yeah, are going to have a problem. Yeah. With yeah. It. yeah. Can't have because <laughs> here is the problem with most medications that are used to treat a virus are used to treat one specifically, and then the virus mutates, and essentially the treatment becomes ineffective. This, according to Tom Ryder, has been shown effective in all 15 viruses that it's tested against, including rhinoviruses, H1N1, influenza, stomach viruses, polio, dengue fever, and several members of the hemorrhagic fever family. In addition, they believe that it will... um, go multiple species, human, monkey, pig, bird, in addition, different organ types, heart, lung, liver, and kidney. So it's looking like it's a multi-level... Yeah. The the way it does this, it it uses a unique way of identifying cells infected with a virus, and that is regular cells do not have a lot of long, double-stranded RNA, Okay. The, the most that our cell, and I didn't know it had any, but from reading this, um, the, the most a regular cell will have is about 20 um, links on the, on the RNA, yeah. of a double-stranded RNA. Viruses tend to have long, double-stranded RNA, and that's what this is looking for. And that is a marker that says this is an unhealthy cell, this is not a normal cell. So we're, we're sure that we don't have good viruses in the body. Because it, mm-hmm. this reminds me a lot... And I know I've seen yeah. it elsewhere, but the first time I read this, it reminded me of the Andromeda strain, and, and I, I just looked up the Kalosin, which killed everything in the body, and then they had to take it for the rest of their life because when they stopped taking it, suddenly they, they were attacked by viruses that we were used to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. And so, well, we have to be very careful that no normal cells have long double-stranded right. RNA. So it well. raises that and, specter. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's how, also a possible against biochemical warfare because well, Ebola and smallpox, which could potentially be used as a terrorist weapon, yeah. would be effect, could be affected by the Dracos. Yeah, this study was funded by the military or by Defense Department. Yeah. So, so not everything they do is evil. Right. But they are, they are working to One test it. One of those it. departments. It was a military. They are yeah. working to test it with HIV and hepatitis. This could mean the cure for AIDS. Cool. Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty dramatic. And, of course, both of these, we have to worry about the decline effect. The leukemia, we got three patients that did fantastically. Small sample set. Small sample yeah. set. We, oh, you know, that's the first thing they say great. in the article. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, we got we to gotta, we gotta test it some more. It may be a declining, maybe a fluke. So well, the best part about that leukemia study was that it wasn't, in a rat, it wasn't in a petri dish. They actually put it into yeah. humans, yeah. and it had a clinical effect. Yeah. huge of at least fifty percent, sixty percent, and, and more. One hundred percent. There's the got to be something there, and they're always going to refine it and right. curing viruses. But 
And then, um, Donna, you guys we had. Yeah, a, unfortunately, we had our first vampire vampire bite death. Duh. Vampire bite death. death. <laughs> I'm going Here. to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you start counting now? Because you sound more One. like the... <laughs> um, One puppy interrupting the podcast. Two. Two puppies hey. interrupting the podcast. A migrant worker coming out of Central America was bitten by a vampire bat in the Michoacan area of Mexico. Unfortunately, either didn't realize or didn't take it seriously. Came up here to the States, tracted rabies, and has since died. Rabies. Yes. Vampire I was, bats. I was vampire. worried about rabies when my when my dog killed the skunk the other day. <sighs> but I, I yeah, and I'm noticing we still kind of got a little hint of it. Yeah, no, actually, that's that's dead possum. That's a, oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I hadn't read this. I didn't know how you die from a vampire bat. It right. Because usually they just take a little blood and they. Well, move what on. they did is they when he went into the hospital, they tested him for. Everything a else. variety of things: Lyme disease, HIV, uh-huh. meningitis, encephalitis, herpes, arbovirus, autoimmune neuropathies, and they okay. all came back negative. So why is this the first? Is, do we don't have we, a vampire no? We do not bats. have vampire bats so here in the state. So he was not where he was supposed to be. Right. right. He was a and maybe it's because he had rabies and he just went off radar and went. Well, he, no, he north. got bitten. Somewhere else. He got bitten in Mexico and came into the States. Oh, so... He well, brought it in. So what's the story? <laughs> is that we he, have... He died of rabies. I was thinking someone in the U.S. got bit by a rabies. It, it is kind of one of that. those stories where a headline writer gets a hold of it and says, you got to write this one so I can well, say vampire bat thing, killed somebody. Here's, here's I don't the know other, the statistics on vampire Here's the other thing, though, is deaths. rabies is highly, highly contagious. Okay. And... Basically, they had to go around to every place that he went. If he was in a restaurant and drank from glass, those people had to be tested. Wow. Because rabies is that contagious. And you can test now without giving the shots? Because I remember you could, you just had to give the shots no matter what. Because of the incubation period, you couldn't really tell if you had it or not. I remember that MASH episode where they had to kill Radar's bunny to find out. Oh, God. That, that was sad. Because they thought Hulahan <laughs> was pregnant. Okay, moving on. We got some new technology, more health news. We got some new technology of an ultra thin electronic skin. Who's talking about that, Gary? Electronic skin sensor, actually. Uh, it's called the Epidermal Electronic System, or EES. And effectively, it's a combination of uh, devices that it's a two-inch square patch that goes on the skin, and it'll monitor blood pressure, heart rate. And basically, anything you can shove onto this little patch uh, is flexible, so you don't really notice it. So it's like a, kind of like a Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really exciting technology, uh, very Star Trekian, And they're, they're going to add, hopefully, Wi-Fi and some other stuff so that you would be able to monitor remotely. I've, I heard about this stuff, actually, a couple of years ago when I was yeah. staying up on my electrical engineering stuff, and they were saying, oh, yeah, you can monitor, you know, the heart rate uh, through the Internet, you know, goes through the, your, your wireless, and now they're finally there in a, in a small thing that's um, portable and actually works solar-powered, so it, it's self-powered. Right, and the problem with the ones a couple of years ago, they kind of had most of the technology, but the stuff was uncomfortable. It would well, bunch up, it would fall off, and now we've got something very... Yeah, it's flexible. flexible. It's, it's, right. it's, 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 it's the skin. It's comfortable. It breathes. Yeah. And you can well, be on for a long time. My brother-in-law had a monitor, basically a heart monitor for a couple of days. So he had a very bad reaction to some medication. 
and it caused a change in his heartbeat. And literally, he would have to wear that and then about every six hours plug into his computer and it would download it to the hospital. It would send everything. So it's but not this, really real time. Yeah. Right. No. And it also seemed like it was this it's bulky satchel bulky, thing. Yes. So, it, just, it sounds like one of these technology platforms that now that it's developed, it can go just who knows what we can do with this in the future. Uh, Steve Novella kind of blogged about this. You might be able to program it to deliver drugs you know, based on absolutely, there's, there's no reason why not biofeedback because everything's electronic. I mean, you Just can you can build so much so much stuff onto a small chip. I mean, the size of our cell phones, our smartphones, or yeah, our well, our smartphones have more technology in them than what sent Armstrong to the moon. Oh, absolutely. But then that's exactly the point. You can actually fit mm-hmm. it now as a biomonitor, and right. that can just control it, and then doctors right. can update it. Now, a question that was interesting back when I heard about was security. <laughs> because if you can download and it's got Wi-Fi, there's this kind of a two-way thing going on there. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if people know what my blood pressure no, is. No, but I was thinking... We're talking but about if it's releasing drugs. Releasing but if drugs it's now. releasing drugs... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Am I, am I make people's oh lives my God, very we, we need to We need to read um, Adam's... What's his name? The the health ranger on this and see what my he's games. saying. This, this technology is going to do. It's going to allow more zombification of the populace. It's Absolutely. Um, government uh, uh, according to Mike Adams breathing leads to the zombification <laughs> of the populace well, Kyle's cancer yeah <laughs> well that was another but hey cool we s- may have a cure for that <laughs> more drugs you know if you'd eat those those the peanuts that he sells it, you wouldn't have any cancer at all yeah I wouldn't sells, I would be dead I don't know peanuts he sells something well, he still so, he does, but so to me, well, all of it, all yeah. of it cures cancer because it's all natural. Well, yes, it's not natural. If it's natural, of course, it cures cancer. <laughs> yes, so is cyanide. Or it it helps your body. It boosts your, boosts immune, your immune system. system. It helps your body. Yeah, kind of yeah I, if you I know, if you take this leukemia cure and the Draco and the skin sensors together, I think we've just added twenty years to the human population's life. Great. The assholes are going to be around a lot longer. Well, so much for <laughs> Medicare and Medicaid being solvent. That was hyperbole. Yes, I do not advocate killing people like some kind of Logan's Run-esque crystal in the hand thing. All right, welcome to the monkey house. Donna? Who? Kurt, <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Vonnegut. Oh, well, my okay. comment was, is yeah, if I ate Mike Adams peanut things, yeah, I would be cured from cancer because I would be dead. <laughs> that whole... Allergen thing. So you would die from eating Mike Adams's nuts. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 that's that person from the Psychic Friends that we'll talk about later. (laughs) Okay, I think it's time for Poe. In the corner. (laughs) In the corner. (laughs) All right. uh, Today we actually we have an actual Poe. So your job is to determine which one of these is the Poe. Uh, I have four quotes t- uh, culled from YouTube videos. Three of them you just are transcribe from... transcribe these? Yeah. Good for you. So it's yeah. not the commenters on YouTube. It's actual YouTube it's videos. It's actual YouTube video. Three of them are from uh, Fundamentalist Christian, Away Fundamentalist Christian, and one of them is from 
a guy who uh, who's a satirical uh, who's making fun of them. Okay, question: Are they all from the same fundamentalist? I'm not saying. Think I recognize two of them. I'm not saying. Tell me which ones they are. We'll, I barely get any. You will go right. last. <laughs> Donna goes last. Oh, come on! All right. So first one. I think that the Bible is the most scientifically accurate book in the entire world. You're going to read them all first. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Number two. Where in the Bible does it say God will heal amputees? God never said he would, and he doesn't. That aligns perfectly with my definition of God. Why should God heal amputees? He's the one who allowed you to lose your arm in the first place. Does God have a moral obligation to heal someone who has sinned against him? Absolutely not. So why doesn't God heal amputees? Because they don't deserve their arms, we deserve to die, and that's what the Bible teaches. Wow, that's a whole lot of crazy. That's a whole lot of crazy. Number three. You can't prove that God exists with a picture. He's invisible. But everything in the world is evidence of God's creation simply because it's here. So the non-believers are the ones who have to provide evidence for the non-beliefs. Confused? Well, keep watching and try not to think too hard. This stuff is actually very simple. (laughs) And number four. I eat bread and drink wine in order to remember starving people in the world. That aligns perfectly with my definitions of Christian. So mom and dad and I would get together and eat ten different herbs and eggs and bitter herbs and stuff like that as a remembrance of starving people. Through feasts, we remember certain things, and by eating bread, we remember the act of chewing, the breaking, and I don't have a moral (laughs) obligation to feed all the fallen sinful people. Absolutely not. Oh, You just made it difficult. is the fake? I thought this was going to be easy, and now it's gotten difficult. Okay. Well, go ahead, David. Because I'm confused. go first. I think one and three are typical. I I think those are real. Okay. My problem is between two and four. Um, I thought originally two. Hey, that's the Poe. But now um, I don't have a moral obligation to feed all the fallen sinful people. Absolutely not. Wow. I'm going to stick with my first uh, gut reaction and say two is fake. Two is the Poe, in other words. Two is right? the Poe. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I totally agree with David on this one, that one and three seemed fairly usual and straightforward, um, and it was between two and four with me. Um, slightly different reasoning for I'm also picking number two, yeah. uh, because... Um, just the whole thing of the constant criticism from um, secularists and humanists and atheists about people who go to healings of, you know, revival tent, the whole things that, you know, God always seems to um, cure the invisible diseases like, oh, your knee is hurting today or, you know, something like that. Corneas. The constant constant criticism is... You know, has any one of these revival preachers ever actually healed an amputee? And I think that's direct satire of that criticism. Well, it's a response to that criticism. Yeah, exactly. So I'm... It just doesn't seem like a very good response. (laughs) I'm also going with number two as the Poe. All right. Donna. Now, I want to say that one and four are from the same guy because I think I've heard this guy talk. So I'm, I'm automatically ruling those two out. So for me, it is really kind of... Difference between two and three, and you know. Join us, be one with us. <laughs> well, I was going to. <laughs> <laughs> and then I creeped you out, didn't I? Yeah, and I have to write home with you later, so it's kind of making me. Now know, I'm uh, feeling creepy. 
Um, you know what? I will go with the group and go with two. I I do like David and, and Gerg's responses about, you know, how it is that satirical look at, well, why didn't he heal the amputee? Why didn't he just grow them a new limb or whatever? So the go problem is they two. have no response to that. It, right. yeah. Have you ever heard a good response? Well, that apparently is supposed to be a response, right? Yeah. I shall now reveal the Poe. Put your pants back on. Uh, first of all, to let you know, the three real quotes are all from the same person from the exact same video. And the person is uh, Venom Fang X of YouTube fame. And the video was 10 questions every intelligent Christian must answer. They have to answer the amputee thing. Yeah. Now, <laughs> so we're all wrong. the Poe is actually number three. Oh! That's Edward Current. I want to note it that I... <clears throat> you, you were close, yeah. A swing and a miss. A miss. So, the entire um, skeptic world. Now, I know that you watch YouTube. You, you two aren't so much the, the YouTube video peoples. And you got so me. Uh, I didn't know if you had actually watched all of these all of these people. But I I actually just typed in, oh, this would be interesting, type in Venom, Venom Fang X quotes, and I got this list of quotes. I'm like, oh, well, I've got to find out, make sure they're real. And they all happen to be on the one video I pulled up. <laughs> And they're all from there. It's just you know, insane. This right, because really... I recognized one in four. Yeah. This is so. ugly. It, it, it's, it's a disgusting fundamentalist, or literalist. You know, he's a young earth creation. Basically, the, the whack job crazy Christian that you think about being the whack job crazy fundamentalist Christian, that's Venom Fang X. He believes every amputee is a sinner and deserves what he got. He believes everybody is a is sinner. A sinner. I kept some of the worst ones off. People believe people are sinners. We're all sinners. I've heard that. But these people deserve. Yes. So this this woman who uh, the, the 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 bill that was signed by Perry. She yes. deserves, who lost her she legs. Is, she deserves she to lose her legs. She is a sinner. Yep. And we, we all we all fall short of the glory of of the God. Uh, it's I'm, it's a I'm, it's a reprehensible worldview. <laughs> this is like the perfect Poe because this is one that I do not want to think people are this disgusting. Uh, and they and, are. And they are. Um, well, you can just see the, so the people who are at the response a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so if if you haven't watched, look up Edward Current. The guy's brilliant, brilliant comedian. And he tears all, all this stuff. And he pieces. made up three? He made up three. You can't prove that God... Uh, you can't prove that God exists with a picture. He's invisible. I thought you guys were going to just... God, but I, I was from the inside. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's easier when you know the answer. Well, you know, I, 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 this is a good response because I do hear uh, Christians trying to shift the burden of proof. Yeah, right. that's oh, why I thought it was um, real. So there was a really interesting article. Found this through Scientific American. It's, I am it's interesting yeah. to me because, you know, um, I don't know if you've noticed, I'm kind of on the liberal side. And, really? Uh, I never would have guessed I that. You are so off this conservative <laughs> podcast. You lied to so, us. So it's always interesting to me on how people can come up with such different worldviews. Um, because when I talk to my conservative friends, we're just talking past each other. And um, I think it's been kind of taboo subject as, as scientifically. But lately, there's been a, a several science articles on how conservatives and liberals actually think differently. There was a recent article 
actually measuring the amygdala and the brain that there's a difference in the size. So we actually have physical differences in the brain, which is fascinating. As skeptics, we want to know how we come to our, you know, worldviews and, and, and our decisions and, and how we think about things. And there's a new study um, that's kind of interesting. It's actually something you can do at home. And uh, yeah. so, <laughs> that sounds sexy. This is this comes out of the uh, uh, Virginia Commonwealth University. And there's a study called uh, Violence, Asymmetry, and Aptitude Formation, a Correlation of Political Ideology. Send that, say that ten times fast. <laughs> and I don't know what valence uh, in this context means, if anybody knows. I don't know. But Usually it's like a curtain. but <laughs> Valence. <laughs> it's a valence asymmetry. <laughs> Let me just try to ex- explain this, uh, this study they did. Imagine you have... Some cards, I think they did this on the computer, but I'm going to use cards. So you have some very nice, positive uh, pictures. Puppies! Of puppies and rainbows and, and nice things, okay? You have another set of cards of, you know, it's kind of negative things. you got garbage, garbage spiders, and just kind of negative things and fearful things. Okay? Mother-in-law, Michelle Bachman. And then you have another set of cards. <laughs> I bet <laughs> No, Michelle Locker may be look, bad to you, but okay. not to some people. And, and, yeah. and actually, they did validate these cards. They were new. They, they all the conservatives and liberals were agreement whether they were positive or negative. Neutral. Well, they cards. could have used Michelle Bachman's Newsweek cover. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's pretty much agreed that that's a pretty bad. Guy. So that'll make it you was, be in your pants. Everyone agreed that we had a, these are positive images and these are negative and fearful images. And then we had another set of cards that were neutral, and they used Chinese characters. Okay. So what they Remote, did is... Note it for the non-Chinese-speaking participants. <laughs> they were non-Chinese-speaking participants, so they were neutral cards. And um, what they would do is every Chinese character was paired with a picture card, okay? Puppies and, and rainbows. Puppies and rainbows. Or garbage. Or garbage and spiders and, and nasty stuff. Oh, my. Okay? So then they would flash these cards, and every time they would have a picture, they would have this, that Chinese character after it. And, and there was some deceit on the part of the you know participants because they couldn't really know what was going on. But they would flash these and flash these and flash these over and over again. If you know anything about psychology, there's some priming effect where what you see next to an image, <clears throat> kind of that feeling that you're getting carries over into that image. Okay. So after they were done with this Darren kind of priming, Darren Brown uses that to good effect, by the way. Sorry. Okay. Darren. Oh, Darren Brown. Yeah. The the uh, mentalist. Yes. Um, now in this case, they when they were done with this exercise, they took these neutral Chinese characters, and they had they they asked people, okay, um, how do you feel about this character? Does it give you a positive? Ne- I don't know exactly what they asked, but at some point they they got a, a response of whether it kind of gives you a positive or negative feeling. Well. As expected, these positive negative feelings that they were of the were carried over from the pictures they were associated with. Okay, but what they found is that there was a difference between conservatives and liberals. Shock! What kind of difference? Now, on the Punch. negative side, there was really no difference. Okay, everyone. Um, there was a. Uh, everyone the, the, was the equally The Chinese negative. characters that were associated with negative images. Fared badly in the question. People did not like those characters. Okay, they said this uh, something about this Chinese character I don't like. Okay, racist. 
<laughs> and and there's really no difference between liberals and conservatives on this end. But now when you when you look at the Chinese characters that were paired with positive images, uh, there was a big difference. Um, Liberals look at these Chinese characters and they feel happy about them. They feel good about them. Um, didn't have so much effect on the conservatives. So the, the lows, the lows were the same, but the highs were of different heights. So something about the positive images are not registering subconsciously in the conservative brain. To be fair, I was a little worried about that they mentioned one of the images was rainbows. And with conservatives, they're not too fond of the rainbows, as you can tell by going to Rick Perry's the response. They did validate these images, by the way. They did validate these images. But but who could not like puppies? So, so it could have been an actual rainbow well, and not the. So there, there is, is that one attorney that we'll be talking about later who doesn't like puppies. But now that's you've a good future callback. He's probably so, he's probably conservative. Go ahead. Conservatives are more affected by negative images and not so. By positive images or positive ideas, and and it, it mm. kind of leads to the conclusion, and I guess you could argue the conclusions that they draw, but that conservatives see the world as a more dangerous place. They're fearful of new ideas, fearful of more fearful, which kind of ties into the amygdala thing. I think these kind of studies need to continue because I think what this does is it leads to us maybe understanding each other a little bit better and um, maybe understanding that, who knows, maybe society needs more cautious people and dreamers like Well, you need, you need liberals. All, all of the sides of that in society because the, the, the people who are less afraid are always going to push the boundaries. Yeah. Whereas the conservatives are going to hold that back yeah. and maybe not go so far, which can in many ways be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing because yeah. it's going to be the liberals that are going to you know stop some a lot of the social ills that people are just used to having around. Yeah, the conservative brain, it seems to me, is more they want the structure, the re- Kind of thing that religion and more totalitarian societies. They want give order you. and they want authority. Yeah, I, I can't they, remember the specifics, but there have been some studies, you know, showing along the same lines that you know conservatives are more invested in order and authority and you know, towing the party line, and we see that in in the real world as well. Yeah, most of my life I've kind of considered this balance of conservatism and liberalism is healthy. Lately. I'm starting to see that the conservative side is getting dysfunctional uh, as you kind of push the boundaries of societal, like you said, solving some of the societal ills. There's a fear. There's a fear, and they seem to dwell on that fear. You're still right to to want both in in society. What we've seen recently, and granted, in the past, it always seems... Like the right is too far right and the left is too far right. Left. Uh, so yeah. the left is too far left. <laughs> well, he just said that because Gary has two right feet. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. You see, see which way I lean. Ha ha ha. You well, okay. You've seen that the the extremes, the people on the other side are always too far, whichever way. Yeah. Right. So you look across and oh well, you're you know you're too conservative or you you're too liberal. And it seems that's always been the case. But now, <laughs> it's very now we're getting we're getting back to 
uh, uh, a break in society that we're seeing where it seems like the the far right is going back to the looking at the good old days of you know indentured servitude and you know paying obeisance to the Lord literally the Lord you know yeah um, taking away women's rights yeah in in <laughs> I, I, I see what you're saying about the idea of um, in the last 10 maybe 20 30 years there's been a lot more vitriol between the two sides and the extremes have gotten more extreme but we don't we want to avoid the kind of it's not a logical fallacy of kind of the good old days thing right because if you see a lot of the political writings of say around when the country was formed there was a lot of just vicious this guy eats babies and you know he has syphilis and he consorts with whores and that was in all the standard kind well, of political uh, leaflets. Right. If he was associating with horse, there's a good chance he did have syphilis. <laughs> that's that's but, true. You know, but but whether right. or not it was true, people yeah. would just throw right. around these arguments. The rhetoric was much yeah. worse than what they can get away with now. Right. Now it's a lot more seditious and hidden. Correct. But it's still the same, the other side is wrong, and I'm going to you know viciously attack Well, them. yeah, absolutely. In the founding of the country, we had the Federalists and the Republicans... Very, very different ideas about how the country should be governed, established. Um, I wouldn't I have it, been able to say anything, so there. <laughs> but but, but we're, we're talking about the, the difference in, in the thinking patterns and, as you say, the, the, the level of fear that people are, are willing to either have or not have in the case of, you know... Or let liberal. themselves be driven by the fear. True, yeah. But what's interesting about this is these are probably very subtle change, subtle differences in the brain that we talked about before. You start with uh, just small decisions, mm-hmm. and they just get cognitive just dissonance. Thing. Cognitive dissonance starts pushing you further and further and further apart until you've got an ideology on one side and an ideology on the other that are just completely incompatible, and it's gone so far beyond we. You can't recognize, well, this is a fear-based ideology and this is not so much. In some areas you can, but it just, it's gone so beyond that because there's so many little steps that drive the two parties apart. And I just hope we can, you know, I encourage this kind of study because maybe, maybe, maybe it can give us some understanding and some compassion for the how other the other side, side. And whichever because, it is because what the hell are they thinking you know that's about the level that I'm at what yeah. the hell are these people thinking yeah, how can you the... fucking think this way and maybe you try to maybe we can try to understand that there are differences well the problem is though is studies like this have been coming out for about the past seven eight years and every year we'll see a oh this is why liberals think this way and this is why conservatives think this way you know, and so there's going to become a study in the next, and I'm betting 18 months, that's going to turn around and say, oh, well, here's why liberals are right. less intelligent. Yeah, I remember they that. they back and forth them. Recently, the there was that because they use Internet that Explorer. My, my conservative <laughs> friend said, there was a study, my conservative friend posted on Facebook, look, they've discovered that liberalism is a genetic disease. disease. We need to find the cure. You know, so there are genetic. Maybe, I mean, it's just interesting that there are genetic differences, and we, as skeptics, we always want to know. Very curious about how we come to our conclusions. So you're saying that so Alice much P. Keaton was a recessive gene? 
<laughs> so much of, so much of this is unconscious. He had liberal hippie parents and he was conservative. Oh, forget it. It's, I didn't get the reference. I, I'm sorry. I was Family following. Ties, 80s sitcom, Michael J. Fox before he got all famous. And okay. Parkinson's. The most interesting thing is whatever you most firm beliefs are probably based on something you had nothing to do with is a chance of birth or early childhood and your most fervent beliefs probably started as something unconscious and uncontrollable. Oh, God, that's free will. We're not going to get into talking about free will. That will take us all night. Is this the thing about the whale? No, no. Free will. Not oh, no, free. no, no, free will no, no, he's, he's talking about that movie theater that Pee Wee Herman was in. <laughs> wow, that's red. <laughs> okay, we probably talked about this enough. We're going to more, so I'm going to pick up every story. These are fascinating stories because I, I just, when I talk to my conservative friends, it's like, what are you thinking? Me and so my let's move on. Friends. We have a very interesting story. Very interesting. It kind of ties into. I, I think love these. all our stories are interesting. This is especially interesting. Donna found this one about uh, the. You the, make it sound like it's special that I found an article. <laughs> no, this He's is just especially interesting article. I love this because you know me. I love to know how did we get here, and this is another clue. Well, Donna? we we drove. I think you drove as well. <laughs> I've been Gary sitting on the couch here. all day. Yeah. NASA researchers have found um, basic building blocks of DNA on meteorites. Most of it is nucleobasis, although they have found guanine and thiamine, if I remember Uh, right, I I can't remember. Guanine. Adenine and guanine, which are two of the basic building blocks of DNA, in addition to nucleobases, um, most of which are not seen in in biology. They're only seen in viruses. The problem is, is that for years... Researchers have found DNA on these meteorites, but it has always been assumed that it was human contamination. Well, they're a suspect. It could have been. They couldn't rule it out. But what they did is they took 12 meteorites that had crashed into Antarctica, basically human-free, human-contaminated-free. Also sold in Whole Foods. All of these things are in energy drinks. (laughs) Thank you. Um... So, they, I mean, they found these clean samples and were able to test them, and they found all of this stuff still present. So, obviously, this is coming from the meteor breakup itself or whatever, because these can be replicated in a laboratory as well. Right. Um, That's cool. Arsenic, hydrogen. Yeah. Water. Yeah. So Now, I, I remember having heard stories for years about, yes, we know there have been amino acids and a lot of um, kind of uh, biological sounding chemicals, carbon-based chemicals on meteors. So the big thing on this is that at least two of the four DNA base chemicals mm-hmm. have been isolated mm-hmm. as probably coming on meteors. Yeah. Right. So- and they've also found hypoxanthine and xanthine, which are used um, in other biological processes and are also found in muscle tissue. And in so energy drinks. I, it did not explain how meteors end up with these things, but something about the energy that they interact, the, the raw materials that they have, which is ubiquitous in the universe. We're talking about hydrogen, arsenic. Carbon. Right. right. That, they, that, you can, that you can create these things. And they're going by, they're, they're, they're traveling around the universe, traveling around the solar system, 
getting burned up by the sun and then cooling off, getting burned up by the sun, cooling off. These kind of chemical reactions can actually create the nucleotides that make up DNA. Yes. Now, we talked last week about how these deep thermal vents can assemble these nucleobases into RNA. We kind of left off saying we don't know how exactly these nucleobases are actually formed. And this is one piece of evidence that could show how life might have possibly originated. Exactly. It's another building you, block. You it's mean that God block. didn't take dust and just like magically wave it? No, no. Read Pendulet's new book. God didn't do anything. We know that, you, like you said, amino acids can be formed in meteors. Now we know two, at least two of the four nucleobases can be formed in asteroids. Those asteroids hit Earth. Those asteroids get sunk to the bottom of the ocean. We have deep thermal vents that now provide an engine for taking that raw material and pushing it through these porous rocks where they can start doing their stuff and start, you know, combining. And the amazing part about life is really all you need is for it to happen once. As long as it happens once and keeps copying, life will evolve, life will change, and you just had to, even if it's one in a million chance, if it happened that once, you have life. Yeah, it just happens once. But every time I hear one of these stories, it just makes me think that it's it's not that difficult. If you can get the raw materials, think of how many asteroids are out there. Right. But, you know? But, think about but Europa. even that we've known for a while that long molecule changes can form in space. I mean, it was like 95 or 96, they found like the nebula of ethyl alcohol, Right. So we know that all this stuff has happened. This is really just good proof that it happened and happened on Earth. Right? This was right, proof that... <laughs> well, it's you proof know, that it's there's... landed on Earth. It's right. proof that it's created in space yeah. we, and we have... will survive the re-entry into our atmosphere sure. and... All we didn't have hard evidence because every sample we had, there was always that possibility that it was Tainted, contaminated. Yeah. Sure. Okay? And, but now and the we fact have 12 is, samples that they are... They say it's not because... It's, they also found other potentially bio you know, uh, materials that aren't used on Earth for, right. for life. So you would think they would have these things. They would have all sorts of different ones. Uh, so the ones we use for life on Earth were mixed in with things that life never decided to never use. Randomly decided never to use. Those odd-sized Lego yeah. blocks that you just never can find a use for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the fact that they were both there was is pretty convincing evidence that these came down with these asteroids and weren't it wasn't a polar bear pissing on the asteroid. Uh, right. <laughs> polar bears aren't in Antarctica, but okay. <laughs> Penguins. Penguin piss on a rock. Or some explorer. So pretty good evidence that these asteroids are just a biochemical experimentation. They can do all sorts of crap. They they got the amino Lots acids. Lots of stuff could have combined the in the early um, solar yeah. system when a lot, a lot there's a lot more chemicals bumping yeah. around, a lot more energy in the system because yeah. everything was rubbing together. Yeah. Now we say <laughs> the nuclear bases. That's just the the. The part, you know, the, the part in the double helix that basically you take a nuclear base and you just add some sugars and some phosphates and you can get this lattice for, for an RNA, DNA yeah. molecule. 
It's just amazing. Sweet. So um, we've talked about this enough. We're going to do the lightning round. Lightning, I think we have a little time round. for that. Lightning round. And this is, we're going to just throw out for 90 seconds stuff that we want to talk about. And uh, let's get going. Lightning round. Wait for it. What do we do? We go now. <laughs> All right, welcome, friends, to this week's lightning round. Lightning where we, round! Lightning round! We're going to buzz through a few topics and uh, see if we can get through just a few th- little things that we didn't have a lot of time for the rest of the episode. We're going to start out this week with a, well, not exactly hair-raising story. Um, I believe it was out, <laughs> out of Oregon, um, a mother... Um, apparently a attempted to do a us. home circumcision of her child, and it went horribly wrong. Let's uh, tell us about it, Gary. It's horrible. An Oregon mother who tried to circumcise her newborn at home was sentenced to five years probation. Uh, this this poor woman. What? Wasn't a newborn. Yes, it no, was. No, no, no. It, it was three, three months, months old. old. Oh, three months. Yeah. Three months old, and she thought that he was too old to take to the hospital to get circumcised. So, being the genius that she was, she thought she'd do it herself because she's medically trained. Oh, no, she's not. She just watches YouTube videos. But she has a box cutter. Uh, yes. Yeah, so- <laughs> well, that pretty much does it that way. Ow! So, yeah, so she's... Uh, the, the other kids, the three kids are in state custody right now. She's allowed supervised visits. And she's had two psychological evaluations. But no one thinks she's a danger to society. Really. Just the babies. Just male the, babies. Or the male babies. And she was inspired by Moses. So, <laughs> no, this is just wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. And what I said is, ow, 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 ow. Oh, and she was inspired by the Old Testament, not so, Moses. So, I'm just trying to imagine the scenario, because usually you have a baby in a hospital. They they ask you, do you want a service? And she probably said, for some reason she said no in the hospital. Uh, Took the baby home and said, Oh, 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 I should have done done it. What do I do? Don't go talk to your preacher. Just watch YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Watch YouTube. Get get the technique. Watch YouTube. It's just such a bizarre practice, anyway. Alrighty. Yeah, that's that's icky. Let's talk talk about a. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about a more light, happy, fluffy story. Light and happy. In Poughkeepsie, New York, um, there was a trial about a uh, young 50, uh, 50-year-old girl who was basically testifying about her rape, and uh, the court brought in a um, courtroom dog, a judicially approved courtroom dog, to comfort her, and then uh, craziness has ensued. Well, essentially what has happened is the defense team is now raising doubts about the use of this courtroom dog, basically saying that the cuteness of the puppy swayed the jury in such a way that her rapist, who impregnated her and was her own father, you you know, that that he couldn't have possibly been convicted except for the jury was swayed by the cuteness of the puppy. (laughs) Uh, This dog, Rosie, has been working as a therapy dog for several years. Um, and this use of therapy dogs in a courtroom situation has been used in several other states, which, unfortunately, I don't have that list. Several. Right. Like five or six, at least. So right. if you use a dog to pick up girls, is that unfair? No, that's perfectly fine. It's not like statutory rape or anything? 
Not as long as it's not a fifteen-year-old girl <laughs> um, or lower. Y- yes. But like I said, twenty um, and up, it's fine. Okay. So puppies are just unfair. Right. Too cute. <laughs> but I am the, just I am just a poor caveman. I do not understand no your modern ways. <laughs> no one can resist a puppy. That's maybe, the point maybe they should have the shown defense. them images of garbage afterwards, so they would be deprived. <laughs> well, here's the thing. And I'm going to call the mulligan because I keep seeing you flash time at me here. I'm going to call the mulligan. Okay, that's good. Be glad that's the only thing I'm flashing at you. Um, Rosie was going to be brought in for a second case uh, where two young girls had mulligan. witnessed the um, witnessed the murder of their mother. Um, the man ended up basically saying, "I'll plead guilty to a lesser charge." Just don't bring in the kids and the dog. Don't bring in the dog. I'm sorry. What? Can you tell me again? What was the purpose of the dog? The dog was there to provide comfort to the testifier. Nothing but to. I'm sorry. They take the dog up on the stand for comfort. Right. Basically, she sits there, and it gives the person testifying the ability to hug and and caress and right. Uh, Not feel so stressed. That's comfort. Weird. Well, Consult. we've we've gone a bit over on this that's mulligan, fine. so that's weird. That's <laughs> well, what the does... prosecutor. That's what the defendants are arguing against now. It was cruel. And well, that's weird yeah. to bring the dog in the yeah. first place. They bring teddy yeah, bears so. in. Well, well, you know what else is weird? I remember seeing commercials back in the '80s and '90s with uh, uh, Deanne Warwick. Was De- it Deanne De- 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 Warwick? Warwick. And her psychic friends network, right, yeah. and it was a constant punchline in all the late night shows and whatever. Yeah. And apparently, maybe not with Dion Warwick, but apparently, the psychic friends network is back. Let uh, tell us a bit about that. It's game. back and better than ever. Yay! <laughs> because it did go defunct in I think 1998, um, declining listenership, design, declining. Um, um, whatever it people is. wanting their I guess whatever <laughs> it was this was so big in the 90s it was the top infomercial years running very very popular billions of dollars and then there was just a slump for whatever reason and there was lawsuits going back and forth with MCI I blame the shamwell <laughs> probably and then in 1998 I guess they went bankrupt well they're back guys Yay! and we can expect to be seeing these infomercials hopefully but um, they have kiosks what, now and what, now what with colorful, kiosks what colorful now, characters do they have they have a new they have a new celebrity endorser she is Vivica Fox she's been on she's um, been a lot of stuff I don't know she, she was yeah. in Independence Day Independence That's Day the she most was the wife in Independence yeah. Day very attractive because she was the yeah, very attractive dancer. and they have this very very flamboyant psychic his name is uh, Christian Dion and we all watch. Doesn't he design the, clothes? Wait yeah, till you not. see these ads. They're going to be coming. And they're also putting up kiosks. You don't have to call. They're putting up kiosks in high traffic areas. You can go to the kiosk. You can put your quarters in. And you can get your I'm psychic reading with high-def face-to-face with a real live psychic. Wow. I can't wait. <laughs> Sounds beautiful. Uh, what else is beautiful is cookies. <laughs> I love it. 
Isn't that a good transition? Cookies are beautiful. I'm a fat cookies man. Cookies are so beautiful. I, I'm a fat man, so I love my Especially cookies. Especially Girl, Girl Scout no, cookies. Not just cookies. That's right. Girl Scout. But They're... Girl Scout cookies are always addictive. Thin as mints. Crack. Yeah. Oh. Well, unfortunately, the... this is not about thin mints, guys. This is about their shortbread cookie. Snickerdoodles. And, Ooh. and one box could be worth $15 billion. Next time the Girl Scouts come to my door, I'm buying 10 boxes. We could fund the podcast for three yes. months. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the actual story, not my bullshit made up stuff. Okay, graduate students at Rice University were giving a tour to the Girl Scouts, and they basically showed them that Anything that is carbon-based can be turned into graphene, which is a one-atom-thick sheet of the same material that is the same as pencil lead. Material of the future. Um, <laughs> and right now, the commercial rate for pristine graphene is $250 for a two-inch square. So you could take basically a box of Girl Scout cookies and make enough graphene that would be worth $15 well, billion. And it would cover nearly 30 football fields. But how do you make graphene carbon atoms out of a cookie, which has well, more than here's carbon? The, here's the thing, though. It's not just out of cookies. It can be made out of Anything. grass, chocolate, poly, polystyrene. Oh, no, you're not fucking with my chocolate. Insects. <laughs> yeah, and you can even use polished turds with it. Yep. You can use dog poop. I've polished. You know what's before. cool about this is they got these Girl Scouts in and got them excited about science, right? They brought these Girl Scouts in and showed how they can make their product into I know, the newest, most exciting material of the future. We're gonna destroy them. Yeah, they, <laughs> well, they threw them in an oven or something yeah. at a thousand degrees. Thousand fifty degrees, fifteen minutes with uh, argon and hydrogen gas. So I can cook fat. Oh, without yeah. the gas. That explains the smell. <laughs> That's about it. It is interesting. It is the material of the future. It is. It's got some great properties. I'm telling to you, it. it's a possible. If only we can mass produce it. So one of the most going from nice, happy, fluffy things and like Girl Scouts to one of the most annoying songs in the entire world, it's which apparently small world after all. kill me now. It's oh. a small world after that will be stuck in your head for three days, listeners. Hey, stop! We don't want to pay any royalties on this stupid song. <laughs> so apparently it's... all the headlines about this is talking about it's a small world after all. But that's not exactly what the story's about. No, Let it's us a know fairly about, stable Gary. world after all. Uh, the earth is not growing, or shrinking for that matter. Uh, except in certain places where there's uh, uh, plate tectonics pushing things up and pulling things down. Um, like volcanoes. Like volcanoes or subduction. So uh, I thought this was interesting because there was a there's a guy out there who has some really cool YouTube videos. Uh, name is uh, Neil Adams, not Mike Adams or Scott Adams. Neil Adams, who talks about a growing Earth, and it's fairly. It's it's a really cool looking video, and if you don't know anything about science, it makes a lot of sense. So. NASA uh, used lasers and satellites and all kinds of other uh, uh, very long baseline interferometry uh, to figure out that the Earth really isn't growing at all, which is a 
nice thing. That means that gravity is going to stay the same. You know, we don't have to keep recalibrating uh, the GPS systems except for the things that we know about. You mean, uh, so the reason that the Earth is growing is why my GPS gets me totally lost downtown? No, you're just no. PS. Just yes. Okay. That you can no longer use that as an so excuse. So they, they said that the, the average change in Earth's radius is about 0.1 millimeters per year, and that's actually below the threshold of their measurements. Yeah. So not very much at all. This is an extremely hard measurement to take because there's is. so many variables. It's a big Earth! There's, and there's water on top of it. And there's, and there's stuff <laughs> and like... It, Tides. The, the, and and the, the earth is still springing Are you calling up. for a mulligan? mulligan? Yes. Go ahead. The earth is actually in parts it looks like it's growing, but that's because the, all these ice sheets have receded, yeah. and we still have large portions of the earth which are still like bouncing re- back, bouncing back yeah. after the ice age and stuff like that. There's yeah. so many variables, and they had to use so many different measurements and various techniques to do this and they're saying they get it down to a tenth of a millimeter are you yeah. freaking kidding me that's um, science baby it's it's amazing science, also <laughs> weird math and it's just weird math from all these different measurements and you're right that's false precision you can't measure anything to tenth of a millimeter well at, on the size of the so, earth on that yeah. scale yeah. so about, basically <laughs> okay. practically it's not changing size <laughs> Well, since you were on a roll, Gary, and you were talking about David. some... David? Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> this is Gary, to your right. Well, this you're... Okay, to be honest, David, from this angle, um, your your head looked kind of shiny, so I thought it was Gary's shiny I've been head. sitting here all evening. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to insult Gary, but okay. No, no game show hosting for you. Yes, ma'am. I'm the one on a roll, damn it. Yes. So, David, you're on a roll. You're talking about some weird-ass crap. Tell us more weird-ass crap from one of our favorite loons in the country. The prom queen of Wignettia High. Michelle Bachman. We're going to do a little segment on Michelle Bachman because she is just so out there. Um, I I found an interesting uh, quote from her. Uh, She was interviewed on Meet the Press on Sunday morning. Did she? Was it Meet the Press? Well, uh, yes. David Gregory. David, David Gregory, Gregory on Meet the Press. Yeah. <clears throat> he asked her a very interesting question. Would you appoint an atheist to your cabinet? I've never heard this question before. I hope he asks everyone this question. Um, her first answer was a complete dodge, and she started going to what her qualifications for a cabinet post would be. I want a strict constructionalist, you know, uh, constitutionalist, constitutionalist yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Complete dodge of the question. He said, well, my question was actually pretty specific. Would you consider uh, an atheist on your cabinet? And her answer was, that's not a question I would ask. So I guess as far as Michelle Bachman's cabinet, the policy is don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> Which and is kind me, of what she should, should say because there's not supposed to be a litmus test. But you know what? That's not... I'm That's sorry. not how it would work in reality, um, but she, a, a good answer would have been, yeah, that would be fine with me as long as he's you know good at his job. It doesn't really matter what his religious beliefs are. That would have been a good answer. Yes, right. But okay? she did give herself the way out about not hiring them. Basically, what she said was, my litmus test is: Do you stand for the Constitution? Are you competent? And do you believe. share my views? Yeah. Okay, those oh, views. Those views include some. No atheist shares her views. She well, if uh, her like, views on religion. 
share views on religion, but they may share the same views on politics. There and are some real conservative but atheists out let there. Let me just say that this she there was no way in hell she was going to say yeah sure I would I would I would consider well, an atheist. Not. But she but she's not claiming to be an equal opportunity employer. Yeah. Well, she also dodged the honest. same question. Let's be honest. Let's just say it. Let's not dodge and not answer the question, which she yeah. has just been doing constantly. She does not answer right. questions. Well, so. she did the same with um, Chris Wallace on Fox News Sunday when he asked her about the debt ceiling. He, She dodged it. She's She has no compunction about just saying what she wants to say no matter what you ask her. Yep. She'll just say whatever is on her mind. She when, there was a there was an interview where they were they were asking a question. She completely all she wanted to talk about was this hundred and five million dollars that was in the health care bill that was unaccounted for, and that's all she wanted to talk about, no matter what you asked. Her. But if you, if you look at it from another point of view, which I know you being a liberal can't do that, <laughs> you could also look at that from the. She's taking control of the situation. She's she's controlling the interview. The, yeah, is, that's, that's a typical one way of political thing. And you're thing. saying that's a positive? No, I'm okay. just saying that's it, what she's doing. I, that is not a point of view. That is exactly what she's doing. She's not answering questions. It, she's saying be, what she wants to say. It can't be a positive if if you're trying to get your message across, and that's what she's doing. She's getting her talking she's points out She's just not particularly elegant care. about it. And you well, should not have views that you're embarrassed to uh, express. Well, in all due yeah. fairness, though, the David Gregory interview came under a lot of fire from a lot of people because he basically said, since you take such a strict view of the Bible hmm. and you have admitted that your husband told you to go into tax law, is he essentially going to be controlling the White House via you if that. you're elected? He basically him. asked, yeah. are, you a sub are you submissive to your husband in your faith in God? It's a very good question to ask because as a lot of the pundits in, in blog go-spheroids people <laughs> we talk pretty someday. <laughs> Me will. Um, there's a, you know, you don't want to elect someone that you're not voting for. And her, if her husband is supposed to be leading the family and she's supposed to be submissive, literally submissive to him. Now she's also dodged that question too. She has said. said that Submission in that respect doesn't mean, doesn't mean that she submits to him, is that they have a mutual respect. respect. Which is complete bullshit. Right, because you're supposed to submit to God, so that means you have a. You, you actually tell there's, God what to do? You have a mutual respect the, there? Right. There's nothing in the Bible that says the or husband Jesus. submits to the woman, but somehow she interprets. She does, she's, she's trying to paint this. Women yeah. submitting to man they, means they've, they've we respect each other, which is complete bullshit. They've redefined what what it all means. That's yeah. and it happens all the time. Oh, sure. Make it say whatever, whatever you want it to make it say. Get on you. you Another know, instance of her just not wanting to answer the question. Yeah. You know, because it's very clear what she meant. Right. My husband told me to do this, and I did it because we submit to our husbands. That doesn't mean, oh, we disrespect each other. Right. Doesn't mean that. Well, you know what? She doesn't even respect Elvis. So, yeah. I mean, how yeah. how can you take the woman seriously? I mean, really. Yeah. Happy birthday, Elvis. Oh. No! No, no! Elvis was born in January. But he did die right. on the 16th of August. August. Sadly. But he was reborn in heaven. I'm just, I mean, this has only been a day or two since that Elvis flub 
has come up. I'm just wondering if Bachman supporters are going to try to do the same thing that Palin supporters did when <laughs> Palin screwed up the Paul Revere thing. So I'm wondering if there's a bunch of people on Wikipedia right now trying to change Elvis's birthday. He died spiritually on this day. <laughs> well, that's true. He's still alive. His career died on this day. Something, something. They'll come up with something. He, he died and was reborn. Welcome to Amateur Hour, folks. Oh <laughs> uh, Well, anyway, Bachman's crazy. I, I get what some people say, that the Newsweek cover was a little bit unfair in its portrayal of her, in that it kind of selected her crazy photo, but she looks like that a lot of times. Yeah. It's the, kind of her natural look. Yeah, no wonder she has the nickname Prom Queen of Wing Nadia High. Yeah. Well, she also has the, the nickname of Crazy Eyes. Yeah, and those were some crazy, crazy eyes. Yeah. And I don't think they were photoshopped. Those are the kind of eyes that will set you ablaze. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think we, you know, we're, not a we're piling on Michelle Bachman. Yeah. Um, we love you, Michelle. Not that she doesn't deserve it. But, Keep it up, uh, we're, we're not a 501c organization, so we can crap over any politician we want to. Yeah. And we will crap over Democrats when they do stupid things, right. too. Right, but I'm just saying, I, I've got a feeling with Rick Perry, I know, I said his name, sorry. I know, we always say it. And, and Michelle Bachman, that the next year and a couple months are going to be so much fun. Rick Perry is is up to his, his anti-climate uh, change credentials anti by saying that uh, scientists are manipulating the data to make money. Basically. It sounds like he heard to the keep headline. Keep the money rolling in. So now it's a conspiracy. It sounds like he heard the headline on the ClimateGate thing and just hasn't heard anything beyond that of it being proved wrong well yeah yeah i agree (laughs) thank you callie you said it i have i have a friend who who is studying climate change and he's a really cool guy and he actually let me drive his lamborghini which is really cool you know, I didn't know that the climate change guys had Lamborghinis, and he doesn't let that out too much. <laughs> You're being but, sarcastic, aren't oh, you? Oh, yes, yes, I'm being very much sarcastic. <laughs> you fooled us all again! Once with Damn the Poe, and second with the Lamborghini. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a friend who that studies climate change. While those oil executives are getting by on their grants. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think that pretty much does it for this week. But before we go, we must... Pimp out the Texas Free Thought Convention, which is coming up uh, in October, uh, October 7th through the 9th. Tickets in are Houston, on sale. In Houston, Texas. Houston, at the Hyatt Regency in Houston. Planet Houston. Uh, Richard Dawkins is supposed to talk. Peasy uh, Myers. Peasy Myers. Matt Dillahunty. There's going to be a whole um, bunch of people there. Brother Richard from uh, Atheist Nexus. Is emceeing. Yep. And, also, and, though, isn't um, Dawkins is presenting his award right, to uh, the Richard Dawkins Award to Christopher Hitchens, and oh, hopefully yeah, yeah. Hitchens will be healthy enough to show up. Uh, but the yeah, entire cool. Skeptic Wire, Wire team will be there, and it yep. is suggested by the organizers that you don't try to arrive Friday morning because activities start very early on. There will be daycare available, uh, funded by the Richard Dawkins Foundation. Yay! Some Camp Quest for the older kids. So uh, go ahead and look up TexasFreeThoughtConvention.com, I think it is, uh, TexasFreeThoughtConvention.com. And, and tickets uh, are sign reasonable. up today. Yeah. For, for the people who are talking, it's a very reasonable price. Yeah. So come on out to Houston. Houston. Look us up. Stalk us. Okay. It was yeah. fun. Hey, yeah. thanks for listening. Good job. And we're next signing week. off. We'll see you next all. week. Cheers. Hugs and kisses.
and butterfly yeah. things. Be sure to listen beyond the end credits thingy. Ooh. What is that? The outro music. The Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the Podposted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. And this is another clue. Well, Donna? we we drove. I think you drove as well. <laughs> I've been Gary sitting on the couch here. all day. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. This is what happened. My mommy and my daddy <laughs> loved each other very much, <laughs> and they kissed in a very special way. <laughs> Donna, save us from ourselves. <laughs> I would if I could stop giggling, but alas. <laughs> and then the start came, and rubbed it into her chest. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no, keep going. Come on. Whoa, way too much information there. Okay, sorry. I like that one, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Donna, how did we get here? How did you? Well, <laughs> I told you we drove. <laughs> one more clue. Tell us about the new clue. And and she was asked that in the debate. Right. And there's been some very interesting discussion about that particular question and her her known answer non answer that question. Wow. That's a loud vibrating. Yeah. <laughs> Keep that one in the pocket. <laughs> um Okay. You notice he's. I already <laughs> clapped, but okay. And then I'm gonna clap us back in there. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>